This is the Daily Tip on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. All right, hour three off and rolling. Normally, I despise Mondays, and I still do. But at least on this Monday, we have so much to talk about here on the Daily Tip. Within the next hour, we will go over what happened in uh, the weekend that was in the NFL, some betting lessons we may have learned. And then we'll get into Monday Night Football. Next segment, our favorite plays between the Bengals and the Jaguars. At 10 points, can we be tempted into taking the Joe Burrowless Bengals on a Monday night? And then... We've saved our best for last. We'll have our best bets of the entire show coming up at 840 when you get when we give you our best bets. Uh, I'm Chelsea Messenger, PJ Glasser, filling in for Jinx today. And PJ, we saw a bit of a rumble and a bit of a skirmish between the Eagles and the Niners yesterday. I always want to say last night because it gets dark at like 4.30 p.m. And I always think it's the Sunday night game. It was not. But we have seen this drama kind of building between the Niners and the Eagles, dating back all the way to the NFC Championship game last year, where clearly the Niners did not have their best foot forward. Brock Purdy got injured in that game. I believe he tore his UCL. So ever since then, the Niners have had like this kind of bad taste in their mouth, knowing that they wish they would have had a better shot at the Philadelphia Eagles. All week long, Debo Samuel was kind of running his mouth. And last night, of course, we saw some chippiness ensue. Let's go downstairs to Tom. What's going on down there, Tom? You're seeing it. Kev, that happened maybe five yards away from where we're standing. You can see that it's when Greenlaw reached out toward Dom, who provides security and so much else, as we're telling you the Eagles. Personal foul, number 57 of San Francisco, who has also been disqualified. Team Tokyo, they could do that after looking at it, and he has been thrown out. That's enormous. Dom is going to continue to just raise the ladder of local heroes here in Philadelphia. (laughs) There might be a statue of the Eagles win this game. Wow. Now it's a heavyweight fight. Wow. Now you... He's going to sell a lot of sweatshirts. Oh, man, if you're confused there, it's because this is not a normal situation. That's right. Uh, Dre Greenlaw was taking shots at the Eagles security guy. And I was making dinner as this was going down. I was like, was he trying to punch somebody who's not even even on the team? And I was looking at the replay. I don't think he actually got him. I don't think he actually got a piece of him. But still, what is your reaction when you see fights like this? Like, of course, my first instinct is like, fight, fight, fight. But the other is, like, you can't contain yourself enough to, like, not get ejected. Because that's the other yeah. thing. If you're a good player and you get ejected in a game, you are costing your team. Yeah, it's football's so funny, isn't it? Like, we watch these guys for three hours, three and a half hours, tackle each other and just absolutely just beat up one another. And then there's something about, like, when they just start, like, throwing hands and they start fighting and we're like, whoa, you can't do that. Whereas it's like baseball, <laughs> there's a full-out brawl. We're all for it, right? NBA, we're all for it. Like, we want to see that chaos. We love it. It gets all the headlines. But the NFL, uh, people are like, we can't can't do that. That's an ejection right there. No, it was, uh, it was, it was wild watching the security guard get involved. Like, you don't, you don't see that every day. Um, you just can't lose your cool in those kind of situations. Like, 
as a fan, there is nothing more frustrating than I think when your team gets a 15-yard penalty for, like, a late hit out of bounds, when you're just like, let the quarterback, like, you know he's going out of bounds. Just let him go out of bounds. Or when, like, you bait someone into, you know, drawing a penalty and the guy takes the bait, and you're like, why would you? I'm sure the Eagles guy said something that he wasn't supposed to. I think it was Devontae Smith who was on the ground. Maybe the security guard chipped in, too, and he said something he wasn't supposed to. The Niners guy has to know. Like, you can talk, that's fine, but you can't you can't put your hands on some, especially, you know, throw like a punch at their face, even if you didn't connect, like you just you can't do that. So the Niners are gonna be in a lot of big games this year. They're gonna be a lot of games where emotions are high. They very well could be back in Philadelphia later this season. And uh, I mean, Drake Greenlaw just he's gotta know better than that. Even though before this game started, I if I could have bet on this, I would have. For A.J. Brown to be involved in some kind of tiff. I was like, A.J. Brown's definitely going to be in the middle of something, isn't he? Like, if you think of the players on the Eagles and the Niners, like, isn't A.J. Brown number one on the drama list? He's he's always seems to be in the middle of it, doesn't he? Yeah, always seems to. I would have thought Jason Kelsey would have stepped in as, like, a peacemaker. He just, he, he strikes me as that kind of guy who would, like, you know. Every very lovable. Everybody loves him. I thought he would be in there. Maybe he was. I don't remember who was exactly in there to break it up. But uh, yeah, no surprise. AJ Brown found himself in the middle of it, especially when his guy Devontae Smith was involved. Well, Jason Kelsey has to protect the moneymaker. He has been named People Magazine's what sexiest podcaster or something, which gave me a laugh. But was it? Just playing I, I, up, playing straight that? up. Maybe, sexiest maybe man? it was podcaster. I don't know. I thought it was sexiest man alive. <sighs> I don't know. It was something. Oh, finalist for sexiest man alive. Jason Kelsey, what go. a year for the Kelsey brothers. That's the other <laughs> thing. When I'm watching these games, how many commercials with Travis Kelsey are we going to be forced to watch? Because I think I've hit my limit. Like at one point yesterday, I think there was three back-to-back-to-back commercials. With Travis Kelsey in him. Like, I get it. He's likable. He's dating Taylor Swift. But are you getting tired of Travis Kelsey like I am? I, I At this point, I'm just, I'm kind of used to it. I don't even notice it, if we're being honest. Like, it's just, I'm numb to it. <laughs> well, because I like it. him. It's just the commercials. Like, it's every yeah. single commercial. Like, I don't have this reaction when it's Shaq. Because Shaq's, like, working all the time as well. Um, Mm -hmm. But I don't know. I think I've kind of hit my limit on Travis Kelsey commercials. But what about the rest of the week that was in the NFL? When you look at some of these games and some of these results, were there any betting lessons to be learned? Because I think a team that you have been on, mm, I think for the past couple of weeks, and I think you've been spot on, is buying low on the Arizona Cardinals. They were getting five and a half yesterday against the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I feel like this was the number one example of buying low on a team and selling high on another. It just felt to me that all the cards or all the the signs kind of pointed in one way. And what do you know? The Cardinals won this game outright. That was the easiest winner, I think, of the weekend for me in the NFL. So when you see this, is it nice to see kind of our predictions come to fruition? Because it felt like the cards have been a play for like a couple weeks now. Yeah, I mean, now that they're healthy again, like Kyler's back. James Conner ran great yesterday going against his former team. And 
I mean, we, we were all watching the Steelers. Like, I know they were 7-3, and three, but, I mean, they were getting outgained in, like, every game. Eventually, that, that stuff catches up with you. That's why the Eagles were three-point dogs at home yesterday as a 10-1 team. It's because they had been outgained by 100 or more yards in four straight games. Like, you, you can certainly get away with winning games that you're not supposed to, and you can do that a couple times. You might even be able to do that three or four times, but you can't make a habit out of that. You can't continuously do that. And then, you know, it was just the spot for Pittsburgh, and it was a terrible spot. They were coming off back-to-back divisional games. They have a game upcoming on Thursday. Arizona just got blown out at home. Like, you tend to always like NFL teams who get embarrassed. There are great trends of teams that lose by, like, 20 or more points at home. And, obviously, the Rams beat up on them last week. So, I just think all things are pointing to Arizona yesterday in that game. The Steelers' offense is still is still terrible. Now, Pickett, it looks like, is going to be out for an extended period of time. So, they have Trubisky with going forward. I don't know if the Steelers are going to make the playoffs, Chelsea. I know that schedule is really favorable. They should beat the Patriots on Thursday at home. You would hope. Man, I mean, you want to talk about a no touchdown in that game. I mean, we had one yesterday in Chargers Patriots. Might have to go back to it on Thursday night with these two teams playing. Was that the worst game of the entire year? Was that Chargers Patriots? I think it was. I think it was the worst game in the entire year so far. Like, imagine a spread being, what, four and a half and covering a spread despite (laughs) only scoring six points. points? That's almost impressive. Covering a four and a half spread when you only went six nothing. What are the Chargers doing? How do you have Justin Herbert as your quarterback <laughs> and your team is this bad? I just don't get it. Like that has got to be the biggest disappointment of the year. Like that, and I guess the Patriots. Like this was the disappointing bowl. Like both of these teams probably are the most disappointing of any team across the NFL, with the exception of maybe the Jets, just because Aaron Rodgers went down. But still, don't you think these two teams had to have, you know, not reached expectations the most of any team? Yeah, I mean, I, I thought, so I do a, a Sunday show here on BetQL, and me and my co-host, JP Flam, we're like, if Brandon Staley loses this game, like, how is how does he have a job on Monday? Like, how, if you score six points and lose to the Patriots, so he's very fortunate they won that game. Um, but yeah, I mean, these, you could argue that these are the two most team. I mean, the two most disappointing teams in the NFL. I've been saying it for weeks. I know the Carolina Panthers only have one win and the Patriots have two. New England's the worst team in the NFL. Like they are terrible. They just lost to Tommy DeVito and the Giants. They just scored zero points against the Chargers. They haven't scored more than 10 points, Chelsea. I think in like their last like four games, like it is so their quarterbacks are terrible they can't run the ball they can't do anything on offense like it is truly like watching Iowa in the NFL it might even be worse than watching Iowa in the NFL it is it is so bad um I I just like the Steelers are favored by six on Thursday how do you take the Patriots how are the Patriots going to score more than 10 points on a short week on the road in Pittsburgh who just came off of a two-touchdown loss. Like, if the Steelers score 17 points in that game, they're covering. It's all they have to get. And they might not get there, but, like, oh, my God. It's really bad. Really bad. PJ, do you want to laugh? <laughs> do you want to have a laugh yeah. this Monday morning? The total in the Patriots-Steelers game is 31 and a half. This, this has to be the lowest total we've seen all season. Like, this is Iowa territory. High. 
It's too high, Chelsea. Thirty-one it's too and high. a half. It's too oh high. Oh my god. Do you think? The, do you think the Steelers are scoring twenty points in this game? No. Do you think the Patriots are scoring more than ten in this game? No. <laughs> I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's it's too high. Like, it's that low for a reason. And I agree with you, I, especially with Trubisky. Like, ha- the Steelers aren't getting to 20 points. The Patriots aren't getting to 10. I, I mean, it's it's got to be an under. Like, there's a reason it's that low. I'm telling you, I'm betting. I don't think they have the no. No, they don't have the no touchdown up yet. But, like, what is that open at? Because... I would say yesterday for that Patriots-Steelers game or the uh, Patriots-Chargers game, because it was the Chargers, probably like close to 100 to 1. It was probably in that neighborhood. I'm thinking with these two teams, it's probably like 40 to 1, I would probably say in that neighborhood. Like I would absolutely take a shot at that. Oh, my God. This game is the true test of if you really love football. Like this is it. Because I think I've been questioning my football fandom when it comes to some of these games. We've had some real stinkers. Like, I can't remember over the past couple of weeks, but, like, I went to the Titans-Panthers game. That game was so bad, I left early. I don't think I've ever (laughs) left a game early. And that Panthers offense was so god-awful, I didn't want to sit in the rain and take it anymore. So this has been, you know, an adventure in testing my football fandom this year because I am somebody who loves football, but, man, a total of 31 and a half. That is a bad offenses. Yeah, a there, true there are some test. bad teams. Ooh, Good bad God. Teams bad All right, so looking at the rest of these games, was there anything else that you kind of took away? Because I'm looking at this Dolphins and Commanders game. Feels like the over is always in play for the Commanders. <laughs> we knew that Tyree Kill was in for a monster game because the Commanders give up the most receiving yards to opposing wide receivers of any team in the league. But I think his prop was like in the 90s. Do you ever get right. scared off of props because the line is just too high? Or do you say, okay, it's this high for a reason. Tyree Kill is fully capable of going over this twice. Yeah, You know how when there's an NFL game that you look at, you handicap, and you're like, well, Washington's got the worst secondary in the NFL. They give up the most big plays in the NFL. The Dolphins always beat up on bad teams. Obviously, their passing attack is predicated on big plays. They have two of the fastest receivers in the NFL. They have an accurate quarterback. This is exactly how the game played out. Like, how we thought it would go is how it exactly played out. I think normally with big numbers like that, it could scare you in certain matchups. But, I mean, Tyreek going against this Washington secondary, like, it, it went exactly how you thought it would. So, no real takeaways from this game with me. Dolphins are playing your Titans at home next week as 13-point favorites. Once again, big favorites against a bad team. Probably would take the Dolphins. Your Titans broke my heart yesterday, Chelsea. I can't even lie. They were my biggest bet of the day. They were up 17-7. We had the miss extra point because Tannehill had to come in and take this and hold it after the punter got hurt. It was just He held it good. It wasn't his fault. You're right. The hold looked good. For somebody who hadn't held it, it was a bad game. I will give you that. And there was injuries everywhere. Yes, PJ. I am a Titans fan. I feel your pain. Pain. It was brutal. Good God. Brutal. But you've got to remember, some of these teams have no incentive to win at this point. That's what I'd say moving forward with the Titans. Be very careful. All right. Coming up next, Monday Night Football Handicap coming your way. The Daily Tip will be right back on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. BetMGM. 
Welcome back to the Daily Tip on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. And we are back. PJ, the funny thing about this job is that we talk about betting, and then I'm supposed to be dialed into the show, but instead, I'm looking at my phone, I'm like, hmm, wonder what parlay I'm going to cook up tonight. (laughs) It is a double-edged sword, because clearly I need to be dialed into the show, but I also want to type in my bets. Are you somebody who bets in the morning, or do you fire away right before the game kicks off? Because I will say all of my educated bets go in in the morning, But of course, you know, as game time rolls around, you're like, "Eh, let's put in another parlay just to be safe. Uh, Are you somebody who only does the educated ones or do you do like the for funsies ones right before the game? You know, it's funny on the weekend, right before Saturday, right before Sunday, college football, NFL, I put in my bets always the morning of. And then unless I really like a game and obviously I think a line's going to move, then I do those throughout the weeks. But a majority of my bets are the night of. And then weekdays, when it's like this, I normally, I normally do it before the game in the in in their early to late evening, just because I like seeing where the line goes. I kind of want to hear, you know, some analysis throughout the day. I like kind of hearing other people's opinions and where they're coming in. I like gathering more information, and you know how it is, and other people do as well. You just you kind of feel differently about games sometimes than you do later in the day than you do in there. You might wake up and you might look at a game and you say, oh, I kind of like that side. And then kind of start thinking about throughout the day. Obviously, we're on air talking about these shows and maybe you and Jenks are discussing a topic or me and you are discussing something or I'm talking about something, I'm prepping for a show and I'm like, you know what? I don't, I don't really like that bet anymore. Or maybe I'm actually like the other side now. So once... Because we consume so much football throughout the week and we talk about it, I kind of have a pretty good idea of who I want to take leading in to the weekend. So I usually bet it the morning of. But for these weekday games, especially now that the college football regular season is over, now that it's pretty much basketball is going to entertain us throughout the week, I I normally wait until later in the day. I think it depends on the bet. Because when it comes to normal game spreads in the NFL, I do like to see where the line goes. Because I think in the NFL, more than any other sport, the market should have some impact on your bets. Because Mm -hmm. don't uh, line moves in the NFL mean significantly more as opposed to, you know, whatever college game you're betting. Like, I guess if it's like a big enough college game, you'll see which way the money is going. But still, like the handle is so big on NFL games and like the sharp money comes in, like obviously on all these games. But I think that's one where it's almost beneficial to wait and see where the line moves. Unless you think yep. you're going to get the best number and it's at a key number and you need to do it now before it goes to like two and a half or three and a half, uh, whichever situation you're in. But when it comes to player props, this is the only thing that I would say, always try to bet these early because most people love betting the over on player props. And like I was just saying earlier in the show, the Evan Ingram prop tonight between the Bengals and the Jags, the tight end for the Jags tonight. It was 41 and a half at like 8.30 p.m. last night. It is, you know, a mere night later, or excuse me, a more like, you know, a night sleep. This morning, it's already 45 and a half. So when it comes to props, I feel like this is one market where it always benefits you to bet it early, unless you're taking the under. Yeah, no, I think I think that's a really good point. I mean, just look at yesterday. Like, you talk about, you know, the NFL being so sharp and the handles being so big. Carolina hasn't scored 
more than 14 points in the last eight weeks. Their bye week included. Like, they have gone two months without scoring more than 14 points. That line earlier in the week was five and a half. It closed at three in some spots, Chelsea, and they scored 18, needed the two-point conversion to push on that number. So it's like, to your point, I mean, they're especially on a team like Carolina, where we know that's not a public team. Like, people aren't rushing to the window to bet the Panthers. Like, clearly that's sharp money if the line is moving down on the spread with a one-win football team. So, yeah, a- absolutely. I mean, the the NFL... I think you're right. I think it kind of depends on the bet maybe of when you decide to to place it during the day. Right. And it's always situationally uh, situational when it comes to judging these line moves, because we have a big line move in tonight's Monday night football matchup between the Bengals and the Jaguars. We're looking at a 10 point spread. Jags line 10 at home here. Total of 40 points. This line was eight and a half last week. So clearly we are seeing a lot of money come in on the Jags. But now the question is, how far does this line have to move before you consider the other side? Because now at 10 points, that is somewhat of a key number in the NFL. It's a really big spread for a team that I'm not sure if I put in the category of teams that I want to trust with a big spread. So has this line moved too much for you to consider the Jaguars now? Too much. I, th- I think you put it perfectly. You know, there are certain teams in games like this where you trust them laying big numbers. Like you would lay it with San Francisco. You'd lay it with Miami. You'd lay it with Buffalo a couple of years ago when they would beat up bad teams. Um, there, there are certain teams that you would trust to cover a number like that. Certainly Dallas at home. Mm-hmm. We've seen them beat up teams, right? There are certain spots. Jacksonville's just, they're not used to this. Like that was my thing with Washington when they were playing the Giants a couple weeks ago. And they were laying like nine, nine and a half at one point. And I'm like, I don't care. I told you and Jenks, I don't care if it's Tommy DeVito, Danny DeVito. I don't care who's playing quarterback. <laughs> it's the Washington Commanders. I'm not trusting this organization to win a game by double digits when they're expected to do that. I don't trust them. I understand the Jags are a much, much better football team. But still, I think the Bengals are, are still have something to play for. They're still fighting hard. They feel like they can maybe have a chance to be competitive in this game and give themselves a chance to win it. So, yeah, I just I think it's too many points. I think you put it perfectly because um, 10 is a lot. It might not seem like a lot, but, you know, if Jacksonville's up like 24 to 3 in this game, late third quarter, the Bengals score and make it 24-10, then all of a sudden you're like, oh, no, another touchdown, and Cincinnati could backdoor this thing. So 10 might seem like a lot. But uh, I'm with you, Chelsea. In a game like this, I think it's it's got to be it's got to be Bengals or pass for me. Same. I also think this is maybe a good sell high spot on the Jacks. They have won, I think, eight of their last nine games. Only loss coming to the 49ers. That game was not close. But clearly, this is a much different scenario. So I think you're one of the best people to kind of recognize these situations. That it's not always about the X's and O's. It's about the market. And at some point, the bubble is going to burst. For some of these teams that are getting a lot of credit, do you think at some point the Jaguars are being touted too highly? Do you think this is a sell-high spot? I think next week is a sell-high spot. I can already tell you one of my favorite bets on the board is Browns plus three against the Jags. Um, Hmm. I mean, we already saw a really good 49ers team earlier this season have a big-time win against Dallas, went on the road to Cleveland as 10-point favorites. 
How did that work out for them? They lost. Cleveland's just one of those places, one o'clock game, and like the spot for Jacksonville is awful. Last week, huge win against the Texans for the AFC South Division. This week, Monday night football, primetime game, you're likely to get their best effort. Browns next week, the week after that, Chelsea, they play the Ravens on Monday night football or on Sunday night football, which potentially could be for the number one seed in the AFC. So big game last week, primetime game tonight, huge game against the Ravens upcoming. I think next week for sure is a spot to fade Jacksonville. So I don't know if this week is necessarily a a sell-high spot on them. I just think that the market is kind of overreacting to the Bengals a little bit. And and with Jake Browning, like, sure, I mean, obviously he's not Joe Burrow. He's not terrible. But what this number is telling you, essentially, is that the Jags would be like three-point favorites at home tonight, three-and-a-half-point favorites, maybe even four-point favorites if Burrow is playing. And I just I don't agree with that at all. Like, I just I think it's too much of an overreaction. So especially at the key number, I uh, I like the Bengals here. Also because the Bengals do have some great pieces around Jake Browning. They get T. Higgins exactly. back tonight. They already have Jamar Chase, who we know is one of the best receivers in the NFL. Um, But I think the question also is their offensive line is so bad. And we saw it even with Joe Burrow. Sometimes the offensive line uh, kind of is a problem. Joe Burrow is a magician that sometimes makes the best out of just about any situation. I'll say their offensive line is better this year than it has been in years past, but it just puts a lot of pressure on Jake Browning. But still, we're talking about a 10-point spread here. So let's talk about some of the plays that we like in this game. So in the props market, I think you look at Evan Ingram. I already referenced this. I'm going to take the over at 45 and a half just based on the matchup. If you look at the Bengals, they've really struggled at defending the tight end position. Just last week, gave up over 100 receiving yards to Steelers tight end Pat uh, Fryermuth. So you look at the course of the season, this has been the trend. The Bengals are giving up the second most receiving yards to opposing tight ends. Evan Ingram happens to be a pretty solid tight end with a pretty high floor. Usually he is involved in the game and somewhat he's had at least six targets in each of the last five games. And uh, coming off a game, 49 receiving yards against the Houston Texans. So I think the matchup suggests it. I think he is a big part of this game where Trevor Lawrence should be able to spread the ball around. And I think that, you know, you look at this game also, if you're looking at the game script, wouldn't you take a look at opposing uh, an opposing receiver on the other side who's playing for the losing side? Because clearly this is a team that's going to be playing from behind. The Bengals, if you think they're 10-point dogs in this game, they're going to have to throw it to keep up. So I think you also take a look at Jamar Chase, his number set, I think 60 and a half, which seems criminally, criminally low for a receiver of that caliber or somebody who uh, used to have receiver props in the 85 range. We know it's Jake Browning throwing him the ball, but still, somebody's going to have to catch it. I think it's Jamar Chase. So are you looking at any other players in this game, PJ? What do you think the best props are? Yeah, love your Ingram look and uh, completely agree with your analysis of how the Bengals have struggled with tight ends. Fryermuth had a huge game against them. Chase, I think, is a good look tonight, his receiving yards. As I told you earlier, I think the longest reception market is the way to go with the Bengals tonight against the Jags because – Jake Browning might not give you the volume, but I think certainly he could take some shots down the field. And Cincinnati's obviously going to want to run the ball. 
in this game. They're going to want to do some short passes, some high percentage throws to try and get him going, try and get him in a rhythm. But the Jags know that, and they have a good run defense, and they'll try and stuff the run tonight. So I think he takes some shots. Jamar Chase, as we know, one of the best receivers in football. T. Higgins is back, one of the best receivers at high-pointing the football. If he is a one-on-one matchup, you give him an opportunity to get the ball. So Chase's longest reception is at 20 and a half yards tonight. T. Higgins is at 18 and a half. Like, I really like those. I, I think the Bengals are going to try and take some shots. Like, their best offense tonight might be to take some deep shots, hope to draw a pass interference penalty, like things like that. So I, I think they're going to take some chances. Um, you know, this game's on a Monday, so Browning has had some time. Remember, he played, came into the game against the Ravens on a Thursday, had a long week to get ready for the Steelers. Played them. Now another long week to get ready for the Jags. So he's actually had the benefit of now two starts knowing knowing he was going to start and had a longer week of preparation. So I think that could work out to his benefit. But I like those longest uh, reception market, the odds tonight for Chase and for Higgins. We haven't talked about the total yet. I am hesitant to play it at 40 because it is very low. And we know that the Jags are a pass-first offense. Like, they certainly can score in a hurry. But I'm just, I don't know what we're going to get from the Bengals. Like, that is the part of the equation that I'm not super sure on. Obviously, if you think they cover this number, they score some points. But still, primetime unders have been the play all season long. I believe they're 29-9. and Maybe so far this season, something crazy like that. Do you have a feel on a total here? I don't. You know, we had a high-scoring game on Thursday night football. We had an over finally hit on Sunday night football last night. Monday night, unders, I think, have hit in like 12 or 13 straight games. Like, it's been a crazy trend. I really don't. I don't have a feeling. Last week was 16-10 with Browning, but that's a divisional AFC North game. I mean, Jacksonville's kind of hit or miss. You know, sometimes their offense will have a 30-point outburst. Sometimes they'll struggle and they're only scoring the teens. If you had to make me play, I would probably lean towards the under. Like, I think if Jacksonville hangs around, I don't know if they can do it in a shootout. I think it would be a lower-scoring game. And then at the same time, if the Jags, you know, if they blow out the Bengals, like, I could see a 28-10 kind of game. So I I think it would probably be under for me, if anything. I I don't really have a strong feel. I'd say I would would like the plus 10 more uh, more than anything if we're looking at side or total. All right, so let's have a little fun. We got like 60 seconds left. Let's do a first touchdown bet. I don't think these are necessarily smart bets, but let's do it just for funsies. All right, so is there any player you are looking at that you want to take a a shot on here to score the first touchdown? I always love going with quarterbacks. I don't know why. I just love it. So I'll go with either Trevor Lawrence at 14 to 1, or I'll go Jags defense at 33 to 1. Cool. What a hit. If if you hit yeah. that, you certainly deserve your flowers and your money for hitting that one. I'll play it a little safer. Uh, let's do Calvin Ridley. First touchdown, 7-1. to one. He is very much feast or famine, but he's yep. been a touchdown machine over the last three games, or last two games, three touchdowns in his, in his last two. So as opposed to taking Travis Etienne, who you kind of have to lay some juice with, I'll take Cal- Calvin Ridley. The Alabama alum for you, PJ. I hope he hauls it in. All right, coming back uh, after the break, our best bets of the entire slate coming your way next. 
The Daily Tip will be right back on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. Welcome back to the Daily Tip on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. And we are back. We've saved our best for last, as we will give you our best bets of the entire slate here in just a few moments. I'm Chelsea Messenger. He's PJ Glasser, filling in for Jinx today. Uh, PJ, what do you have on tap for the rest of the day? Do they have you doing like three other shows today? No, unfortunately, just this one and then send it in. It unfortunately. Uh, no, fortunately, <laughs> just this one. So ah, just like... this one. And uh, send it in from 1 to 1.30 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, so, yeah, make sure you guys stick around for that. You can watch us on Twitch and, and YouTube just like you're watching here on The Daily Tip. And you can send in your best bets and your comments and – you can let me know how pissed you are that Alabama got in. It's all good fun. Whatever you want to do, just you know, see me at one o'clock. Have you gotten any clapback from anybody that's been hating on Alabama? Because I posted something, and I was like, of all the things to be mad about, you're mad at me for this. Because I said something to the effect of, I would love to hear uh, Mike Norvell's response to this. You know, the head coach mm -hmm. of Florida State, and somebody said. You're a real sicko for wanting to hear from a guy who just had his guts ripped out. I was like, what? Like, he wasn't involved in a homicide. We hear from losing coaches all the time. And we did get a response from Florida State, and it was fiery. Didn't they say, like, the college football playoff committee failed college football or something to that extent? So, like, am I weird for wanting to hear from Mike Norvell? Like, I don't think I'm a sicko. No. No, I, I think that's I think we all wanted to see what Mike Norvell's reaction was. And he he sent out a statement, obviously, how disappointed he was in the committee. I had tweeted out on a Saturday night that, look, we're all watching the same games and this isn't the BCS system anymore. This is the college football playoff. There's a committee and Florida State's deserving. If they got in, then that's that's the right thing to do. They're an undefeated Power Five, and, and I would understand. But I think most people were in agreement that we're all watching these games, and if you truly want the best four teams in, you, you put Texas in at three, and you put Alabama in at four, and that's uh, that's what they did. So I, uh, I can understand the frustration. I know there are certainly a lot of people out there that, wanted to see Florida State in there and felt like they deserve it. And uh, if they're frustrated, totally warranted. Like, I, I, I understand it. Right, because somebody was going to be mad. Like, we knew that yes. there was going to be an angry party in this situation, and it just happened to be Florida State. But I, for one, am happy that we will see all great offenses in the college football playoff. And you could tell by Michigan's reaction – that this was not the team that they wanted to face in their college football playoff semifinal game. So it will be very interesting to see how those games play out. Of course, we will be talking about it all week long here on the Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. I'm Chelsea Messenger. He's PJ Glasser. Now we've teased it. It's time to get to it. Our favorite plays of the day. Time to place your bets. All right, PJ, 
So here on the show, you've been here many a time, but here's what we do. We give our single best bet of the day. If you could only place one bet, what would it be? It would be Jamar Chase, longest reception over 20 and a half yards. Really like this play. DK Metcalf was good to me on Thursday night. I'm hoping Jamar can be good to me tonight on Monday. Hopefully he cashes it just as quick as DK does. You know, second, third play of the game. That'll work. Get us a 23-yard reception and call us a day. I think this number's way too low. With his ability to catch like a slant and turn it from a five-yard pass into like a 65-yard touchdown, or obviously his ability to catch the ball down the field, I just think this number's too low. Uh, even though Burrow's out, Browning's still going to be looking for number one. And uh, I think he has a, he has a big game, and I think he, he hauls in a long reception. He had one for 34 yards last week against the Steelers. I think he could be right around that neighborhood tonight. So give me Jamar Chase, longest reception, over 20 and a half yards. I like it. I like it, especially for teams that will be playing with some desperation. You know, a team that is probably playing in a very lopsided game, I think that is a very solid play. For me, I'm going to go to the other side. I'm going to be taking Jaguars tight end Evan Ingram over his receiving prop of 44 and a half yards for minus 115. The problem for the Bengals on the defensive side of the ball has been defending tight ends. Right now, they're giving up the second most receiving yards to opposing tight ends of any team in the NFL. We saw it with the Steelers last week. Uh, Pat Fryermuth had over 100 receiving yards. We've seen it in other games. Uh, Dalton Schultz, tight end for the Texans, had 71. Dalton Kincaid had 81 for the Buffalo Bills, the tight end there. So I think matchup play, uh, you look at Evan Ingram. And he has hit this in three of his last five. He's been pretty steady as well. A pretty high floor here, here for him. At least six targets in each of the last five games. So I'll go over on his receiving prop, 44 and a half yards for Evan Ingram, the tight end for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now let's bring in the third member of our Best Bets crew, the Magic 8-Ball. Let us gaze upon the glorious Magic 8-Ball. Shall it fade or tail these noble betters? <laughs> All right, so um, in a process a little less complicated than, than the college football playoff, we use a Magic 8-Ball that we got from the Toy Store to see if we like our bets or not. All right, so Evan Ingram, for me, over 44 and a half receiving yards, 8-Ball, do we like it? 8-Ball says, yes, definitely. We love it, 8-Ball. We love. We love when you agree with us. All right, so how about PJ's bet? Uh, we're going with Jamar Chase. Longest reception over 20 and a half yards. Eight ball says most likely. Hmm, good, great, grand. We like it when nice. we get some positive reinforcement from the eight ball. All right, so now it's time for our other plays. PJ, what else you got for us? All right, so I do like a side in this game tonight. Now that it's gotten up to 10, I'll take the Bengals at plus 10. I think this is too many points. You know, the Jags were, they opened up at like 7.5 or something like that, and now it's gotten all the way up to 10. And this is just all about something that you said that I completely agree with. I don't know if I trust the Jags to blow out a team by this amount of points. And it's not like they're playing the Panthers or the Patriots. They're playing the Bengals, and I understand Jake Browning's not playing, but they still have plenty of talented players on that offense especially, it feels like this is really kind of that desperation game for Cincinnati. They lose this. They know they're completely out of it. Now, they're probably not going to make the playoffs without Burrow, as we know. But 
at least there's still some kind of hope that maybe if they win this game, there's a chance that potentially they could make it. So I st- I, I think they're still going to battle and fight hard. So I'll take the Bengals at plus 10. And then in college hoops, I'll take Alabama tonight, minus 24 and a half against Arkansas State. Number one offense, according to Ken Palm, is Alabama. They've played five games at home this season. They've scored 98 more points in uh, in four of them. So I think they get to 100 tonight. I don't think Arkansas State gets to like 70. I think this is like a 102-68 kind of game. So uh, I'll take Bama. They had a tough home loss against Clemson. Haven't lost at home in uh, in, in over a year. So I think they bounce back. Um, they got to work on their defense. Their offense is elite, but I think they can get some stops tonight. So uh, I'll lay the big number with the Tide. Yeah, uh, I like it. And I need to start dialing myself in to college hoops because college football, unfortunately, is coming to a close. All right, so I'm going to do one other play. I'm chickening out on Tyrese Halliburton. I'm going to go Jamar Chase over 54 and a half receiving yards for minus 120. I like looking at game script and saying, okay, who is the best receiver for the losing side? Because clearly they're playing from behind. They're going to be throwing the football. And also, this is a really low number on Jamar Chase. We know Jake Browning is throwing the football, but still, Somebody's got to catch it. I think it's going to be Jamar Chase. T. Higgins is back, which kind of scares me because some of the targets are obviously going to go to him. But Jake Browning has been developing chemistry with Jamar Chase. So it feels like he is the security blanket for the backup quarterback here. I'll go Jamar Chase over 54 and a half receiving yards for minus 120. Now it's time for a BetQL five-star best bets of the day uh, for insight analysis, historical trends, and more five-star best bets, you can visit betql.com uh, or you can download the BetQL app. They've got the Hurricanes and the Jets in the NHL taking the Jets on the money line, plus 110. Penguins Flyers under six and a half. So I don't know anything about those bets, but we will see. PJ, are you a hockey guy? I'm not. I leave that to your co-host Jenks and I tell him. If he likes something, then I'm on it. But uh, I am a casual Hockey fan, I will admit, I don't watch much during the regular season, but when playoff hockey comes around, Chelsea, myself, just like many people, I'm locked in. I think it's the best postseason of all the four major sports is playoff hockey. I think it's the best. Ooh. I think that is a testament to, like, the heightened stress that you have when there's only, like, a few goals in a game. Like, playoff hockey, like, the final couple minutes, I think that is the most tense I've been. Uh, other than waiting to hear the teams that were announced in the college football playoff. That's the most drama I felt in a while. Um, mm-hmm. But we'll see when it comes to hockey. I just don't feel as strongly on hockey as I do in other sports. Like I could probably look at some of the the teams and based on the market, you could say, okay, you know, this is a team that's covered in this position. This is a team that's been great on the money line when playing away or home or whatever. Um, but uh, not for me. Let's bring in Erin Hawksworth now. I'm sure she has thoughts on college football. She is one of the co-hosts of BetQL Daily, immediately following our program. Erin, did you enjoy this drama in college football as much as the rest of us did? I loved it. Loved it. Uh, I did want Oregon to win and cover, so disappointed there, but I was on Alabama Moneyline. There you go, Hawk. Didn't you go to school there? I did. I, I did. I'm proud correct- of you. Did you bet overtime in the Titans Colts game yesterday, Hawk? 
So I brought it up on the show. I know that's one of your favorite bets. It's usually like 13 to one. And I was like, I feel like there's going to be overtime. I, you would be so proud of me for that too. I brought it up on Friday. I did not bet it though. I should have. Oh, Chelsea, Aaron, and I, we love talking about overtimes and games going to overtime. Love those bets. What a specific bet. Like, have you ever hit one of these? One time, I think, in college basketball. That's about <laughs> it. Maybe playoff hockey, too. So you're saying there's a chance. All right, yeah. Aaron, All right. thanks for stopping by. She's next on BetQL Daily. That's going to do it for us here at The Daily Tip. We will see you guys bright and early, 6 a.m. in the East. Uh, that's going to do it for now. Best of luck on all of your bets. BJ, thanks for filling in. Uh, we got to go. Bye. You've been listening to The Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. If you missed any of the show, listen back anytime on the new and improved Odyssey app.